Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have Yasin Wasfi, the founder of Orange Mariage, and just a pretty awesome designer. Fashionista, actually, that's what I like to say. <laughs> Thanks for coming to the podcast Thank today. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Okay, so before we get into your label and stuff, where did the love for fashion come from? It, it started when I was six years old, so it's pretty early. Um, it started with me loving to draw, so I, I used to draw a lot. And then I, I don't know when, like I started drawing fashion like dresses and I was really inspired by all the fashion magazines that my mom would buy all the time. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it started from there, uh, really drawing all the time. <laughs> so like drawing, did you... Picture actually making them or you just love drawing them? I mainly love drawing them. When I grew up, like when I was around 10 years old, I started um, having like folding scarves and oh, wow. trying to, yeah, you know, like form a shape with them and wear them. Oh. So I was, yeah, I it started like that. So and it developed. Uh, but, you know, growing up, like when I was in high school, I kind of left it. Um, I Why? kept drawing. It was school pressure. I was also a professional tennis player. So I... I oh, would, wait. Oh, I, yeah. we, can't just, <laughs> we can't just get past that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So before we go back to the fashion, <laughs> let's talk about tennis. What was the yeah, story there? I started tennis when I was seven years old. Oh, so everything about you is... Everything <laughs> very, very early. Very early. <laughs> and actually before that, I started swimming and I didn't love it um so and then Why yeah didn't you? I, it wasn't for me i don't know i i didn't love swimming okay. as like i love swimming but not as not sport just, yeah. yeah so and then yeah so i started tennis fell in love with it i kept playing and then i joined the national team in egypt and I had a very, very serious training almost every day, so... That's insane! Like, okay, what do you love about tennis first? It's a very... Uh, first of all, I love solo games, like I'm, I'm not... Yeah, one-on-one. -on -one. And then uh, it, it requires a lot of focus and style. It also, it's a very elegant game as well. Like, it, it, you have to have your own style and, yes, <laughs> you have to be very um, stylish when you play, but also very um, intelligent. Like, you have to focus and know and prepare your next move. Mm. So I think I love that about tennis. Okay, so, I mean, obviously there is, you know, professionalism and training involved, uh -huh. but when you watch it, it's just people just hitting the thing back and forth. <laughs> I know. What would your training involve? What would, what would be the things you'd have to do to be able to make it look so easy? Of course, a lot of fitness, first of all. Oh that's my a, God, yes, because they're just running up and down. That's a huge part of it, a right. lot of fitness, um, especially, you know, for your arms. Um, but uh, it's also very strategic, I would say, like it's, like you, you um, learn strategy with your trainer all the time. Like when is, um, when is it a good move to just play it slow or when is it better to actually have a more tough forehand and it's it's very strategic that's what i love about tennis and then style and technique of course that's also part of your training so it's like these three 
tennis is also like with all the tennis players there's also there's some fashion involved did, yeah did you ever like was there ever a kind of cross for you that was also another thing that attracted me to tennis i love to you know pick my dresses and pick a different one for the competition and also always you know be in style um so yeah it's uh what was your question again? Yeah, like, was that also something that attracted you to Yes, it, it really did. It really did. And at some point when I was in, at school, I was I, it came again to my mind. I was like, should I have a sports line for tennis players? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it seemed like a good idea. Yeah. But then I went to the couture direction, which is a totally different one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Classy. <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, more high-end, yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, you're doing all the training and you're playing and playing. Why did you decide to join the national team? Like, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, unfortunately, I did not stay a long time in the national team because I immigrated to Canada then. Right. Um, and also, I had a, an injury in my arm, and it's still injured. Um, so I from wouldn't the thing? Be from from yeah from multiple injuries that weren't really well um, taken care of, and then yeah, so I I'm not able to I wasn't able to play professionally anymore anyways. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was mainly my trainer's uh, push. Like he thought I, I'm really good to be in the national team and, and then he just, you know, you should you should do your license and yeah, he was Do you miss it though? I still play, um like but lightly of course. But mm. yeah, I, I do miss my training. I miss my tennis routine, like having a training every day. You did high school in Egypt I and then yeah. came to Canada for Right after high school, like I did my landing in the last year of high school after the exams. Yeah. So you just yeah. finished high school, boom, Canada. Yeah. What, what was the reason behind your move? Uh, to Canada. So we immigrated as a family. Like we, we did our application as a family years before my high school and to the point that we forgot about it. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and then I, I always knew I wanted to study fine arts um, and especially fashion. Um, I actually went to Dubai before coming here. To um, To Dubai. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Wait, so, okay. See, you know what? We are just going around. But let's talk about Dubai because that's one country I want to go to. Is it really, does it really look like what it looks in the, like, is it really like that? It's actually better. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's very fancy. It's really? uh, but also you can, it's um, I think it's also in the media. It's always pictured as if it's only fancy and you only have to look a certain way to to, to fit in. But I don't find it like that. I find like you really can do whatever you want. It, okay. You don't have to be very like I know it's it's a pressure on people. Mm. But uh, and usually if you if you chose to live in Dubai and you love the Dubai lifestyle, you'd be a person who automatically loved to dress up and, right. and you're into fashion. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's way, um, there are many other things that you can do in Dubai. Like you can have a walk in winter, of course. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, there are many other simpler places that are also beautiful. So it's not like a, okay. you need to be a diva. No, <laughs> yeah, there is this TV, there's this show on Netflix. I don't know if you know it, but it's called Dubai Bling. No, it's... I think it's I heard Dubai about bling. yeah I heard about it. This one they have like what is this real human beings? Anyway. There are also these people in Dubai. <laughs> okay, how long were you in Dubai for? So it's it was mainly I was going every six months. I had like a PR there because my dad had a business there, okay. and um, so I would I would go to keep my my PR there, and also because my mom loved 
shopping there. <laughs> um, and I was still young. I would go with my family. Um, and then when I, and then I, I would always go back to Egypt. But then when I wanted to pick a fashion school, I read about Esmod. It's a French fashion school, fashion school in Dubai. And I was really attracted to it. So I went there and I applied. Um, I met the advisor, did my portfolio for them, got accepted. But then at the same time, my accept our acceptance for immigration to Canada came. Right. And I was like, oh, should I start looking for universities in Canada or do I want to go to Dubai? I loved ESMOD, like I loved the school, but I felt that I wanted something that's more fine arts focused, like not only fashion, but more textiles, like a little bit of art history. Like I wanted to immerse myself into the art world mm -hmm. to be more inspired. I felt that this uh, makes you a stronger designer. Right. Um, and then ESMOD did not really have that. It was very fashion focused, very, I would say, commercial. Like. Mm exactly what to do to be a, a, a successful business owner in the fashion right. world, um, which which is great. But I felt like it can be an addition to my studies, mm. not the main thing. You know what I mean? Um, and then so I was like, OK, let's let's look like our immigration was directed to Halifax. I was mm. like, let's look what universities are in Halifax. And I fell in love with NASCAD and the program that they have. Mm. Um, it's very rich. So I was like, I'm going to Canada, <laughs> whoever, yeah. And so I guess, what did you, I know you see it's rich, but rich in what way? What did you love about NASCAR? It's very, uh, so first of all, the first year is um, foundation year. You learn a little bit about every art department, not only one thing, but a little bit of everything. Mm. So you really have an understanding of color composition. Um, you know, you have an understanding about, um, negative space and how to work with that. Um, also painting, drawing, everything, photography. Um, so you are, you have the found, an artistic foundation that makes you, that leads you to, to be a better designer. Mm -hmm. um, so I, art history. So we, we had an amazing foundation course um, that's called Introduction to Visual Culture. And it's really culture and history and how people think, how people view things. So it was very, very rich. Um, mm. And I loved it. And it really inspired me. I so, even got a minor in art history after that because I really <laughs> loved it. So yeah. that means whenever you go to places, you have to check out the museums and stuff. When when you go whenever to, you visit any place, you be like, I need to oh, check out yeah. the museum. Oh, for sure. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a museum girl. Like right. even if I if like a, a friend's trip and and they are not interested in museums, I'm, like, I'm, I'm going alone. Go. I'm going alone. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. Yeah. Thankfully, my mom is also an artist and oh. she's a jewelry designer and and she loves that. So whenever I have like a trip with her, it's the best. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you're yeah. gonna check things out. So you finished our foundation year and then it's straight to fashion or? Yeah, so then you pick your department and then if you have good scores, you can actually, you are allowed to pick your de de department. Uh, and yeah, I picked textiles and fashion. And also that's another thing. So at NASCAD, it's not a fashion department only, it's textiles and fashion. So you have introduction to weaving techniques, printing, dyeing, uh, you get to make your own fabric um, and then introduce that to fashion. Uh, mm. to your fashion collection, which is how I got Ange Mariage's idea, actually. Uh, well, let's just yeah. jump into that. So how did yeah. the idea come so about? It, it, my graduation project was about hand painting on silk, and I developed a technique. Why would you do this? Like, isn't <laughs> silk supposed to be like, you know... 
Yeah, it's well, there is a technique that actually makes it very um, see-through, very transparent, but also painted. Like, there's oh my a God, that looks cut. like a lot of work, though. It is a lot of work. And actually, um, they were like my professor even was very she was like, you need to be cautious about that. You will burn the silk or, or maybe you. And then so I developed a technique with heat press that actually allowed me to do that. It's like digital printing but it's done by hand and also allows me to have my free hand wow. style on the fabric, which is actually this dress is like has the upper part tool yeah. all made that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's- It's it, so detailed too. So so how did you, I guess, you know, where, 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 okay, it's your final project, you decided to make this thing. Where did the idea come from? How did you figure out that this is what, you, I guess the best way to go to do it? Like bridal, you mean? Like why? No, like the silk design thing. I don't know. I've always loved couture, and I've always lo like a part of me, a huge part of me, loves luxury and quality. And Dubai, uh, Dubai, <laughs> and also my mom has a great sense of fashion. I grew up uh, with her, you know, very fine pieces, and uh, yeah, it's like I, I think my parents hugely influenced that. Both are into fashion and in style and quality. Mm -hmm. So I, I grew up with you know things with quality around me right. uh, so I, I i love quality and so that's why i took the silk and luxury you know route because i've i wanted to present something that's really handmade ethically made but also very it's made with love you know you put your heart into it mm. um so it's it's not something that's mass produced right um, it's very handmade and I felt that bridal is amazing for that because when you work with a bridal, I worked as a bridal consultant um, before, before for, with David's bridal. During, well, while you were in school? Uh, or? After that. Oh, okay. um, and then I got to meet a lot of brides and have chats with them, know their stories and know what they really are looking for in a dress. Mm -hmm. um, and they all, so I got to collect information about what's, does a bride look in a dress and how she her dream gown how how she wishes that it's made so yeah i think it's it was like a many experiences on top of each other that made me come up with i want to go this that way, way. How, yeah. how did that final project come out the graduation one mm -hmm. it was actually it was amazing and i it was on the runway uh, in the nascad fashion gala um and it, it was really really well received um, and my professor was really proud of me and I, I was really proud of myself because it was a lot of a lot of work a lot of tears Tears? I, uh, yeah, and I also I'm not I'm not a big fan of sewing myself okay. Like I saw and I do draping and everything but it's What is draping? So draping is when a designer starts the design on a mannequin with fabric So oh. um, you draw your design, but also you drape it on the mannequin before you transform it into pattern Wow. Yeah, there are different <laughs> techniques. Um, yeah. yeah, my technique is very freestyle. Like I'm, I my studio is always messy, and I have, you know, um, pieces of fabric everywhere because I like to cut on the mannequin, and it 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 actually helps me mm. come up with the final design even more than when I draw it, oh. uh, because it helps me add to the drawing. When you work with the fabric in your hand, it's mm. a very it's something that you need to touch and you know feel. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's a... 
part okay. of the design process. The name was the story that Ange, Ange Mariage. So I wanted my designs to be simple, um, very high simple? quality. Simple? I don't think this is simple. <laughs> Come on. Well, simple in the sense of it's a very elegant, it's very different and unique, but also not like a huge train. Right, right. Nothing right. very heavy. Uh, not a lot of boning, you know. Um, like, okay, what is that? It's like um, when you have like the bones in the dress to, to hold it in place, oh. and then the bride is just she can't move or take a breath. <laughs> I saw that when I worked as a bridal consultant, and I've always had this comment: I wish it was lighter. Mm. I wish the material was not itchy. I wish it was sh shorter. I wish uh, they had a second look that is shorter mm, and lighter. So you can take the other one off. Or most people, especially after COVID, they have like a very um, small weddings mm. and small receptions. So she doesn't want to walk with a three meter train dress and nothing. So I wish they had, they would come to me as a stylist and tell me, I, I, wish, I wish you guys had like a shorter dress that is very unique but not like but short you know and there wasn't a, a huge collection of that in usually in commercial bridal um places so i was like that all gave me ideas so i mm. wanted to offer all of that but with quality mm. and also it's it needed for me i wanted the my designs to look angelic and very you know soft um very feminine so yeah i think that, that's how i got the name Ange Marie. And now that, that's French, right? That's French, yeah. Um, my, my school in Egypt was French. And I grew up speaking French with my teachers, were most of them French. Um, it's Yeah, it was a Catholic school. My All the sisters were, the nuns there were French, coming from France. Um, so, yeah, I... I I speak French, French as second language. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, good thing you moved to Canada. Then, I know, cause... yeah. <laughs> we have, yeah, both languages. Uh, what does it mean? What? Ange mariage? Ange mariage is like angelic uh, wedding, angelic oh. marriage. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, wedding of an angel. Makes sense, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So you said you worked as a bridal consultant. What would that um, position involve? Uh, so, <clears throat> so brides would book uh, with the store um, I worked in to come in and then work with a stylist. I was one of them to style a head to toe look. Um, I would take her measurement, see her body shape, what suits her, what doesn't suit her, and also take um, a theme, like her wedding theme, mm. uh, what is she looking for, and then have good knowledge uh, of the brands that we offer in our department store um, to, to see, like, well, uh, you would fit, your wedding theme would fit with, in this brand or that brand, or your body type is better with, a line or you know mermaid and then we'd go from there to pick to pick the dress it's, so basically uh, are there to make them look good yeah you know say yes to the dress the, right it's exactly i was the woman wearing black right right right, right <laughs> i was right, that right. woman <laughs> so um i mean you were doing this was was it always your plan to start your label yeah always okay it was always my plan i started university with the aim to start my label one day um i knew i wanted to be an entrepreneur and have my own label um work on my own designs so it, it was the plan why um i think when you're an artist you want to work on your on your <laughs> arts you yeah. know um it's i think it, it would be i never worked as a fashion designer for another brand um but I think when you're, yeah, when you work for another brand, you have to stick with the head designers or mm. the owner's vision. And then it's, it's, 
more of a job than it is that creating your versus of making my stuff exactly totally yeah. makes sense I it's, totally it's, get it's it. the hard it's the hard way though because you, you're starting you're broke you need another full-time job you know to finance your collection which is something i i still do like i launched in november and it was a struggle to launch that especially in couture because it's expensive right it's it's it needs very high quality materials um good embroiders good pattern sewers working with you people who are very skilled so it's 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 a lot of financial burden yeah no that's yeah. what i was thinking because you know it's easier to just show up Boom, do your thing, get your check, and then every two weeks it's I know, done. Yeah. Versus now, and you're like, everything is on you. Like, everything is everything, on you. Everything, literally. Uh, yeah. Talking about that, I guess you have to work with a team. How do you choose the people that work with you on Ange Maria? That was the hardest part, uh, especially here in Halifax. Like, it, the, the options weren't um, a lot. Wait, you didn't have <clears throat> classmates and stuff? I did, yeah, but. Again, like most of them would, they went and did their own oh, labels or, right. you know, moved out of Halifax. Most of them were out from out of the province. Oh, uh, anyways, the yeah, yeah. So it was different, different directions. Uh, many of them did not do couture, um, like fast fashion or, you know, what I mean, like is casual mm. looks or stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, it was to find people who are very skilled in the couture world. It was very tough. And but expensive? Then, and expensive <laughs> and expensive um so yeah when i worked as a bridal consultant i got um, many connections in that field mm. and i started we had a whole alteration team so i started you know checking with people if they'd like to work with me on something very different as freelancers and yeah so it it came from there and i was really blessed with with people who are very skilled and very good at what they do so okay we're a great team a small team but a great team so <laughs> like your november um what did you call it like the thing you did the launching the launch yeah. in november yeah how <clears throat> much prep work goes into that what would that involve um since i'm yeah since i'm still starting i decided to have ready to wear collections that are what, available what online the... Uh, Ready-to-wear collections are like more reduced than custom collections in couture. So in the couture world, if say I have a bride and her wedding soon and she wants a customized gown. So she has to book an appointment with me and then we discuss what she wants and then start making a dress only for her. Mm. But the ready-to-wear collection is you just have a theme an idea and then you have a ready-to-wear range of dresses. Oh. My collections are small niche collection so six seven dresses maximum hmm. um, inspired by a specific theme so my first one which is this dress is from it was lovebirds and it was inspired by lovebirds and the bonding between them um, so it, it was six dresses um, hmm. and I was like okay I'm gonna start with a mini collection test the market test my ideas the production and everything and then go from there so wow. I started with lovebirds and then now I'm preparing another collection when will that one be ready? Uh, well, it should be ready in August. Okay. Yes, before okay. going to Vancouver Fashion Week. So yeah. full, full. Yeah. <clears throat> um, for the November one, was 
that launch at a fashion week or you just did it like was a... no it was just my launching and then i presented this collection at the Atlant atlantic bridal um week and it was really really good mm. it's a huge event mm. um it, it took place in the convention center and it was the first show of ange mariage it was most of the brands there they are big labels or labels that have been in the atlantic fashion week for like uh, for in the sorry wedding week for for a long time so mm. um For me, it was the first time, uh, so it was a lot of pressure. Um, actually, my booth was right next to David's bridal. Oh, did you <laughs> see people a, used to work with them? Yeah, and also it was—it's like they've been in the industry for forever, me, forever. And yep. I was like, oh my god, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, but also, it—it it, you know, it made me see the strength that I have, and you yes. know, also like how different uh, my stuff can be. And they also have their customers, and yeah. it was—it it was great. Um, so yeah, no, it was amazing. No, couture is hard, hard, hard. Um, and then, so you you had the team Lovebirds. So from having that theme Lovebirds to the launch, what happens in between? So you have the theme. You start designing. Uh, your your your. You know, it's like I usually draw between sixty to one hundred gowns and then you narrow it down to six i narrow it down How do you i keep eliminating yeah. i keep eliminating um and then yeah i and i keep taking from gowns how do you even draw 100 of those <laughs> things i do that i do that all the, even before i sleep i can have my sketch and and draw if i have an idea yeah that's what you like yeah. you close your eye and you see the thing yeah sometimes i go to sleep and i you know i'm about to sleep and i have an idea and i have to go Write it down, bird. at least write it down to be able to. Sometimes I'd be at my full-time job and then I'm, I'm working and then I have an idea. I have to at least write it down, you know, to write, the, to draw the sketch after. It's, it's an ongoing process in the designer's head. It never stops. It's, wow. yeah. So, so you, I guess they, it's hard enough that you have to do 100 things. Mm -hmm. But then... You have to now take the hundred down to six. You don't have to do six. I decided to go for mini collection. Usually the collections are like 25 dresses. Yeah, but more. even hundred to 25. Yeah. Like, how are you going to like, it's like, what yeah. decides, what are the factors that decide what stays and what goes? The theme, if uh, what, so your feelings, of course, what, what you like about them, if they are, if they match your theme, if they match your mood boards, um, the color palette, Also, when you are starting, I feel it's very smart to think about production because you, you have very limited capacity for production, right? And, a, and also somehow a limited, somewhat a limited budget. So you need to think about the fabrics that's going to be involved, the trims, mm. um, the beading. So for example, I can't start with a, you know, fully beaded three meter, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of work and if you don't have a big team like i'm not dior <laughs> uh, if i don't have the workshop of dior it's it's gonna be hard to actually produce that gown yet 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 yes oh yeah. yet oh yeah for yet. sure for sure yes yet. yes yeah um so it's this is how i pick the dresses like mm. how to do something that's really that perfectly fits with my theme mm. my vision quality but also doable for me right now at this stage did you have models wearing outfits oh yeah i i had models wearing the out uh, not in the uh, not in the show it was mainly on mannequins 
Uh, and then I had for my photo shoots models wearing them, and I had a lookbook with models wearing them. Yeah, it's on my Instagram page. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess let's, man. I love how you're leading the topic to <laughs> I know, one topic. I jump from one topic to another. <laughs> let's talk about the Instagram. You know, being in fashion, being in design, creating all these things. You kind of have to be on Instagram, being on social media. Mm. How is that for you? That was that was one of the hardest. I'm not very good with Instagram and social media. I don't um, think you're being nice to yourself because your your <laughs> engagements are great. Like to me, it's about how each individual mm. um, picture, or whatever is um, how people react to those yeah. things, and you have really really good engagement. Well, yeah, it's something I learned on the way um, oh. I started you know very confused what's the difference between a story and right. you know a, a reel um, and then I I had to learn about it because well when you're starting you are the one person who wears many hats right mm -hmm. so I am responsible of my social media <laughs> my production everything um, so it was a little bit hard to start uh, mm. but then um, now once you have a style for your brand and you know, a branding technique that you feel comfortable with and suits your brand, and then you go from there. It becomes mm. way easier. But it's very important. We live, we live at an age that it's really important. It's social yeah. media. Social is. media. I mean, you know, and then like the writings you do on there, the captions, all yeah. those things. There's so much thoughts that are going to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> captions. Um, your. It's. I always think about it from. Um, you know, a, an artistic perspective or from brand perspective, who who would you rather wear your designs, your brand persona? How do you always keep that in mind, mm. even when picking your model? Does mm. she does she is she does she fit with your brand persona? Does she have that, you know, um, um, you know, in in French they call it that the allure. Um, it's like the, does she have that you know air to to her? Um, wearing that specific design, does it suit her? Mm. You know, you always think about your brand's persona, <clears throat> and you make sure you you have that in your on your page and on your website because this is your image. This is this is how a bride will decide. Oh, this brand really fits me, suits me. Mm. You know, it's it suits what I have in mind for my wedding. Mm. So it's different approaches, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Okay, so now you're preparing for Vancouver Fashion Week. Yeah. What's the, I guess, process and the work you're doing to get ready for that? So they actually contacted me after I launched, right after I launched, which is pretty early in, in my career. And they were like, we love your designs. We want them on, on our runway. Holy shit. Um, they wanted on the runway, like the, the one that is passed. And I wasn't ready, ready <laughs> because they wanted uh, more than 12 dresses or 12 dresses at least Holy and shit. i have like mini collections right and i was like okay i'm not ready now they were like are you ready for for the fall in october uh, for spring summer for the next 2024 mm. because fashion seasons are ahead and uh, i was like i can do that <laughs> and then i was like i had no idea how am i going to have the other six dresses or you know continue production like yeah. i still don't have and i was like okay should i continue with love birds and i was like well let's have another mini collection and then it make it a debut a debut collection like a debut collection for my brand mm. on the runway of vancouver fashion week because, it, because it's a huge runway and it's really really i mean it's, it's big, really big, big. Good. and they reached out to you they reached out to how you did that feel really... though 
how did I feel? Yeah, them reaching out to you. I was very happy, and you know, you know the happy and nervous and mixed feelings, and <laughs> and don't know what to do, and how am I gonna even? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but of course, overwhelmed. I guess is the word. Mm. But overwhelmed, but happy, and and very. You know, I yeah, I felt I very accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man, this is this is awesome. This is a lot. I'm having a wonderful time chatting with you, mm-hmm. and I mean, I know you have a lot of things to do to get ready for Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, I'm gonna let you go with this question though. You've had this passion since you were a kid. Yeah. Falling apart, even when it's difficult, you're still on this path. Um, what? are some things you do that keeps you doing this? Apart from that, you love it and, you know, it feels good, but what are the things you do mm-hmm. or you have to do to keep doing what um, you're doing? It, it, sometimes, at some point, at, at sometimes it can be a lot and it can be overwhelming. So you need to be always spiritually connected. Um, I think I work a lot on my spirituality and um, on my meditations and grounding myself and having always at least three hours for myself um, a day, just for myself. Um, having a routine that's, uh, that includes that and includes you working on grounding yourself, taking a deep breath mm. and, and stay connected is very important to keep going because if you kept going without any spiritual breaks, You'd, you'd be, it's, it's a burnout. Um, it's, it's very unhealthy. It can consume you. Mm. Um, and I did not want um, my business to consume me. Um, I, yeah, I always promised myself to, to just keep um, being spiritually connected and having time for myself, going for a walk every day, um, you know, having time with my family and mm. having, you know, my priorities for myself. Mm. So I think that's that's what keeps me going and um, keeps my work being uh, keeps me being passionate about my work instead of just starting to hate it because of how much stressful yeah. it is and start to you know do that. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's focusing on your own spirituality and staying connected and grounded is very important. Wow, Yasmin, thanks for sharing your beautiful work. And uh, thank you for coming to the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it.